Hey guys, welcome back to the Cowboy Stories and welcome to part two of my interview with Steve Layton. If you haven't had an opportunity to listen to part one, I would recommend heading over there first because we're just going to dive right in. Would you say that cowboys today are as good as they were back in the day? Oh, probably as far as skills, as, as uh, roping and horsemanship, I think that's evolved a lot through the years, better than maybe even some of the, the older ones. Uh, that's one thing about ranching. It has, uh, what would the word be, uh, uh, it's kind of a thing that, that you don't do without horses. And so uh, my point being that, that if you love horses and love to be around horses and, and, uh, and like to just be on one and be able to work on one and, and uh, raise them and, and train them, and do, it, ranching kind of fits in that, that uh, that niche. Yeah, that. I guess so. I don't that, know. That. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> but that yeah. occupation, I guess, yeah. uh, being the need, you, you've got a, you've got a use for a horse, and being able to use a horse and and work with him every day, it uh, it kind of fits the lifestyle. And if if you like horses, it gives you a chance to 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 teach a horse and 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 be able to really appreciate a, a good horse and I think that's a a kind of a, a love that I I hope I've <laughs> passed on to these kids is and I and I think I have or maybe not I have but they they have taken to horses and it's part it's part of, part of our life yeah yeah it's your fault <laughs> it's your fault <laughs> uh, but, uh, I see people that that are in the cattle business that have gentle cattle and I guess they they uh, don't have so much need for horses and they don't use their horses and I think they're missing out on a lot by by not kind of incorporating horses and horsemanship and and my kids has been involved in, in rodeo and all kinds of stuff like that with their horses and, and their kids too and I think that's a, a big part of our life yeah that's been a uh, really a, a plus to uh, being in the cattle business is the horses. Do you raise your own horses? We have quite a few and we've we've bought horses too. Okay. So, both. Is there a certain kind of kind of breed or bloodline that you like? Mm, they're all quarter horses but uh different different ones that we've we've had uh uh had pretty good success with our weeds horses. <laughs> yeah, we've we've had some colts from Lavar Wade's stud that that uh, we've got had good success with. 
one we raised and one we bought, and they were both good ranch and rodeo horses. Mm-hmm. Seem like we're always, through the years, we're always, uh, we don't have a lot of horses, but it seemed like we're always uh, buying a colt and and raising him and, or, or having one born and working on a colt, which works pretty good when you, you're starting a colt because you got the other horses to kind of go go with him and and the, the horses they just kind of grow up with us and they they seem like they work out better than one you buy that uh, is already broke seem like the ones we we either raise or, or buy and break them we we kind of keep them forever don't we yeah. okay yeah part of the family kind of like cows like yeah those cows that you were talking about that just kind of didn't come from there and got dumped out there. They didn't know what to do. Yeah. Because they're kind of the same way. If they're kind of raised and grow up and know how to get around and how to survive out there, they do a lot better, it seems like. That's a, a good thought about the cattle that are born and raised out there. They uh, are acclimated to that ranch in that country, and they, they know how to make a living even on a, a dry year. They they do pretty good. We've had a a good year this last winter and spring, but the couple of years before that were really unusually dry. And and our cattle seem to get along and do better than most. They just the genetics of them and and just the 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 way they're raised and they they know how to to do what they have to do out there to to have a calf every year and and make a living. So do you try to raise your own replacements? Heifers. Uh-huh. Yeah, all, all the heifers that uh, that uh, go back out there, we, we raise them. We, we wean our calves in October, and uh, they all come into our, our farm down to Beaver Dam. We have a little feed lot there, and we'll feed those calves through the winter. We raise some hay there. And uh, the replacement heifers will go back out in the spring, probably in, when the feed's green out there in March or so. And uh, we buy a few bulls every year. They're just a pretty hardy, hardy bunch of cattle. They, they do good out there. I don't know. I was just thinking about like the good horses that you've talked about and about roping those wild bulls and and everything and how that would definitely take a good horse to be able to get that job done successfully. Um, when you think about some of your favorite horses or the funnest thing you've ever roped, like, do you have any stories along those lines that you'd like to share? I was thinking about that the other day that we used to rope those wild cattle out there a lot and I don't think we do that so much anymore. We try not to run them because it makes them wild, but we, we occasionally will have to to uh, run something and, and rope them and bring them in on a rope. But uh, anyway, those those horses back in those days, there was the old sorrel horse that we called Blaze and the old uh, clabber horse. And uh, there was an old buckskin horse we called Buck. And... Uh, Anyway, those those little horses they they could get it done. They they uh, had done it enough. They 
I don't think they had fear like our modern horses do. Because <laughs> they, they took some pretty good knocks, roping cattle and, and leading them in and stuff. A lot of, there's places they still do that. Uh, talking to Don, Lindsay, uh-huh. uh, and you interviewed him about being out to uh, Eckers out yeah. there. Yeah, that, that's quite a wild cow deal they were. And he said he was out there for couple of years or something like mm-hmm. that. That was interesting to hear him talk about that. I don't know, I can't really pinpoint just one or different ones. It just seemed like we, we used to do that a lot. Yeah. And kind of got them ago. cleaned up a little bit. And now yeah, where it's, 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 it's kind of a thing that we try to not do to, to run those cattle. We, we uh, will end up catching a few of those uh, maverick bulls they'll just get with their other cattle and we'll get them in a corral and and get them get them loaded up and get them out of there as as we see them and the last few years we we've haven't got as many but we still we still know there's a few out there yeah and uh it's just kind of part of the territory out there they they just show up (laughs) (laughs) huh who would you say you learned the most from growing up? And who were some of the best cowboys you ever rode with? Oh, I learned a lot from my dad. My dad, he was a good cowboy and, and knew cattle good and a good horseman, good roper. And uh, I, I think I, I learned from him because I was with him every day, yeah. But uh, he uh, he didn't really have a lot of people that he hired and, and had ride with him, but uh, mostly just family okay. out there, yeah. In your words, how would you define the word cowboy? Mm, a, a cowboy to me is a man that uh, knows cattle and knows horses and can, can uh, read those animals. And it's been around them enough to, to know know what they're going to do before they do it. Uh, I uh, kind of think of a cowboy as as somebody with a lot of a lot of skills to to be able to to uh, manage livestock and know know the country and know know when to move cattle and and uh, just. A man that that uh, has got a, a a love of livestock and and cattle and horses and and the the knowledge and the and the ability and the and the want to to, to take care of them and and make them uh, make a good home for them and make make them produce good. Food for for people, I guess. I like that. I like that's one of my favorite questions to ask people because it seems like everybody's answer is the same but different. If that makes any sense, (laughs) like they all, yeah, try to word it a little bit differently, and (laughs) and I like hearing all the different answers. It's been cool. Well, there's a little bit different uh, definition of cowboys on on our side of it where we're 
we're raising cattle and that's our business and that's what we do and the, we consider ourselves cowboys and then there's the the competition cowboy the rodeo cow and those guys are are really talented and, and good cowboys too they have a lot of skills and and uh i i consider both of them cowboys but kind of on a different different scale than yeah. than people that are ranching and raising livestock did you ever do much rodeoing not too much used to to just go to practice ropings mostly more than i never did really like to get in competition <laughs> and stuff but we used to go uh to our neighbors a lot and go go to the little uh, practice ropings every week stuff like that just having fun okay well i think i've asked all the questions that i was meaning to but i don't want to cut you off if you have any <laughs> other memories that you want to share or uh, if you've had any stories that have popped up that you want to share feel free a little story that roquel and i was talking about uh, and I, this might be a little lengthy for what you're doing no but, go for uh, it this would go back in the Oh, uh, maybe around 1970. I would, I would have been maybe 20 years old, something like that. Uh, I had a cousin. His name is uh, Lenny Larson. Grew up down in California, and, and he went to vet school and became a vet. And as a young vet, right out of of, uh, of uh, vet school, he got a job, and and I'll have to back up this story a little bit. There was some people by the name of uh, Ellsworth that were from down in southern Arizona down to Safford and Gila Valley down there. They ranched down there. And they got into the racehorse business, Rex Ellsworth, and I can't remember his brother's name. And uh, they got acquainted with uh, Iranian, rich Iranian guy, his name was Ali Khan, and he had this stud horse by the name of Khaled. And anyway, these Ellsworths were able to buy this really, really well-bred racehorse that had won a lot. And 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 uh, <clears throat> anyway, they this horse, stud horse, uh, they had a lot of success with him and they were they got in the racehorse business really big and they bought a, quite a place in Chino, California okay. and had just a racehorse ranch there. And this Khaled was the sire of a horse by the name of Swaps, which uh, he won the Kentucky Derby back in the maybe the 50s or 60s. He was a pretty famous horse. And they had another one, or they had two or three horses that really did good and made them millions of dollars. They did really well. Anyway, my cousin, back to Lenny Larson, my cousin, uh, they were kind of relatives to the to the Ellsworths and through the Mormon heritage down in the Gila Valley down there. Anyway, they they knew these Ellsworth people, and so did my dad and family, and they were quite well acquainted with them. <clears throat> anyway, he got a job as a young veterinarian on this this racehorse uh, ranch down there, and I would go down there in the summer and spend a few days with him at a time. Uh, anyway, just one of the memories of uh, as a kid going down there and and spending some time with my cousin down there on that racehorse ranch. And one, this is big deal for me back then. 
we, we got on an airplane <laughs> and flew up to Sacramento to watch uh, a horse that he had bought through the, the Ellsworth run a race up there. And the, and the horse won the race. And we won some money. That's cool. <laughs> anyway, it's just kind of a memory I had way back. Horses have always been part of our lives. That's cool that you could see the racehorse side of it too. Yeah. I, I bet that was interesting. And those uh, Ellsworth guys, they were just ranchers down there, but they got into these racehorses. <laughs> so they got the right pedigrees and made some money uh, doing it. And we were very successful at it. I think the horses are what has always intrigued me too. <laughs> like, I like the cows. I like to yeah. look at a pretty cow, but <laughs> I feel like the horses are what They're, kept me involved. I grew up here in, in St. George. We had a little, we, St. George was 5,000 people back when I graduated from high school in 1966, one stoplight. Uh, we lived just south of town, which is all town now. Mm -hmm. We had a little farm and a place there. And, uh, kind of did the same thing we're doing now, but the freeway came through in the early 70s. Uh, before that, there wasn't a freeway, you know, when the freeway went down through the gorge and up through the middle yeah. of St. George and on up through Utah I-15. Anyway, it went through our place and kind of didn't leave a lot there. And then from there, we bought the little farm down to Beaver Dam, there along Beaver Dam Wash. And so we've been down there since the early 70s and we don't have a big farm but we had more than we had here in St. George. We're farming probably oh, 60, 70 acres and a little feedlot there that we feed just feed our own calves okay. there through the winter uh, and we raise some hay there and pasture and it just kind of is part of the ranch and our headquarters down there. So after the freeway came through, then you had to try to figure something else out of where your we headquarters were, would we be. We were, yeah, happened to move somewhere else. Yeah. So in order to get down on the strip, do you have to come back up to St. George and go down, or can you go from Beaver Dam? You can go from Beaver Dam over to Mesquite and then up over a, a little, really pretty steep little road over the mountain, then back over into our country, but it's... The road has gotten so bad going over that mountain that we normally come up the gorge and then go out from St. George. Okay. It's a little further, but the, the road's so bad the other way. We don't go that much anymore. We used to do that all the time. But it's it's just kind of a thing that the the road's got so bad. Yeah. It's <clears throat> too bad. It's, uh, it takes us, uh, oh, a couple hours from where we live to the ranch one way. And then from St. George, it's dirt road all the way out there. So when you go, do you make sure you spend a couple of days out there at a time? Or? If we're doing something, we're, we're out there, we'll stay, stay there at the, the little cabin. A lot of times if we're just going out to check waters, which we do at least once a week, uh, and just check on things, uh, we'll go out and back in a day. Okay. And it's kind of a, a day's project just to go out and back a lot of times yeah to get around and check the ranch and everything we kind of drop down into a country they call it Pockham Mud Mountain off down in there 
And do you go south as far as the river? Like, is the river a border? Mm, for not you? quite. There's a there's a maybe one allotment between us and and the and the river down there. Okay. From from our lowest country, you can actually see some water in Lake Mead. That's cool. It's kind of low right now. I don't know. You can now, but normally you you can. That's cool. In in uh, <laughs> Grand Wash Bay down there. So we're within eyesight. You can see down there yeah. quite a ways at times. Huh. Our uh, lower country goes down in what they call the Pakun Desert, and it's it's a pretty good desert country. It, it makes a lot of annuals, which makes a fire hazard but other than that it's it's a good winter country where we go for winter Raquel was saying that there's a lot of springs and water and stuff on the northern side mm -hmm. too do you do you pipe most of that down to your winter or mm -hmm. do you okay well, yeah we've got uh, like we said before maybe 20 miles of pipelines on that ranch and the water comes out of some pretty big springs that are farther north. We take them, take it down down to that lower country. <clears throat> so as far as water, we're we're pretty blessed to have water that we have. We even during all the drought, they said most or all of the big ponds out on the strip were dry because it hadn't run water in so long. We were we always had water because we we had those good springs. And they don't seem to vary too much, even yeah. wet years or dry years. That's nice. So we've been been fortunate to always have good water. Yeah. Um, uh, can you just tell some grandma stories? Just kind of tell about grandma out there a little bit. Okay. My like my mom, one. she would ride a horse once in a while, but very very seldom. She didn't like get on a horse very she much. She wasn't a big animal fan no. of any kind. <laughs> <laughs> she liked her cats. She liked, cats. <laughs> she liked to feed any dog that came by, but she didn't want to have a dog. Uh, but she was always always part of the whatever we was doing. She was always there. Uh, she was always the one to to build Brandon fires and keep the irons hot. She, she built a lot of fires. Brandon calves out there. What's another story about oh, grandma and her broom? I guess you <laughs> that, can tell a grandma and a broom story. We, if we had an old cow that was notorious for tearing a gate down. Or cheating on the traps. Yeah, dad had put her on the other side of it. With a, <laughs> <laughs> we we trapped cattle on those waters with, I don't know, you've seen the yeah. kind of logs that go, and then they walk through them and can't get out. Can't come out, yeah. Uh, long time ago, we had this old Bramer cow, and she was... Pretty much Brahma. She was a gray Brahma cow. Really smart cow. Well built. Well, not a narrow Brahma. She was a wide, real, real well built cow. I can still picture her today, but she was smart enough. She'd get she'd go in those traps, but she'd come back and she knew how to get her head in there and get out of them. Just how to a, wiggle a it will, just yeah. right. <laughs> and uh, we we caught her in there one day and uh Anyway, Grandma was sitting on that trap to kind of keep her away from it. And uh, she wasn't scared of Grandma. She come and got in them poles and was just uh, flipping them up in the air. These are heavy, big cedar tree logs. 
and she's standing in there yeah, trying well, to keep her was, from coming yeah, out. Yeah, she was <laughs> up on top of him. I can remember her bouncing up in the air, but she never come off. <laughs> <laughs> Scared her to death. <laughs> uh, that's funny. My mom was always taking care of people. She, If we had a bunch of people out there or whatever, she was always fixing three meals a day for everybody, taking care of everybody. He was a hard worker. She sounds like a cool lady. Yeah. <laughs> and she kept us all managed, even in her old, she was, old age on the farm. She was very, very, very organized, yeah. Yep. She knew all every the, single thing that was going on, if the pivot stopped or if there was a Book work or paperwork or, yeah, if there's anything out of the ordinary or wrong, she was, she was on top of it. She lived to be 97. Wow. She had a sister that was a hun- lived to be 104 or 5. Wow, that's cool. (laughs) Some of the things that I did way back, I I wonder how I did them. I I can remember going up on Mud Mountain in a pickup. It was in the spring because there was was sheep herds down along the road down there. And uh, about up there where that... uh, catchment is up on Mud Mountain. I had unloaded and rode up there. The new one or the old one? The the catchment up on Mud Mountain, the old one. Okay. I come in I come in from the bottom. Okay. Anyway, uh I jumped my horse. We used to haul horse in a pickup around here. We didn't use trailers way back. She and, was showing uh, me some pictures of that old truck with their axe in the back. Oh that was cool. One of the old three-quarter ton trucks. Well, it was actually the Datsun. Was the one oh, that one. <laughs> that was barely room for a horse. Anyway, I I run on some cattle up there, and there was a, there was a, a maverick bull. He wasn't huge. He's was probably at least a eight hundred pounder or something like that. And I can remember roping that bull and leading him back to the truck. And I don't know how in the world all alone. I got him loaded in that truck and got the horse loaded in the in the truck. Oh gosh! And uh, going back down, and those uh, sheep guys from Orderville were were along the road. Where there was sheep, and I'd stop and visit them, and and they'd sometimes they'd feed me some sourdough biscuits and mutton. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but they was they they couldn't figure out how I'd gotten that bull loaded in that truck and that horse in that truck, and I don't know how I did either. Another time I roped a, a big maverick bull right up on that rim where the trail where we drive cattle up out of goat camp, right up on top there. And uh, it was a big black bull and had horn back horns. Anyway, I roped him. I was on the old sorrel horse, old Blaze, uh, and got him wrapped around the tree. And I, I must have got him down and tied him up. And... Uh, he was one of those that uh, that wouldn't get in a trap. He'd just kind of run off. Anyway, for some reason, I wanted his horns off of him. So I walked off of that. I left Blaze up there, and I walked off of that rim down to goat camp because uh, the truck was down there, and I had a saw. That's a long way to 
That's a long ways. I remember it. It wasn't very far down there, but it was a long ways back up. But I, I went back up and sawed his horns off and branded him and, and turned him loose. But I must have wanted him Real bad. with his horns off. <laughs> I don't think I wouldn't tackle something like that, that today. The, like one of my earliest childhood memories was me and you out around Hobble. And I was on Blondie and we were chasing that a black bull that we had around over there trying to get him to drive into the, the krill at Hobble. And for some reason I kind of stayed up on the hill and you went down to go get him. And he got on the fight and charged me and Blondie. And I had to just go, I didn't know what to do. I just came like barreling down the hill towards you. Like, save me, save me. It probably wasn't as big a deal, but in my little kid mind, it was like the scariest thing that ever happened. <laughs> yeah. I don't remember that. You were on Ribbon and I was on Bondi. And we were just me and you all by ourselves. And I was, I was those, little. I was probably only like maybe eight or nine, maybe. Those old style cattle, they were pretty, pretty. They were pretty mean. Pretty bronco. Yeah, they were. You, you, we never... All our lives, we've never worked cattle afoot. You should have sold them crails to a or sorting them guy. or cutting them or loading them. Or, uh, I've been out there and caught cattle, just rode in on them, going out and checking them there at Mud Springs and, and would be perfectly able to go cut through them and load some cattle up. But, didn't have a horse. I went clear back to town oh. to get a horse. That's a... Oh. <laughs> All day deal to go get a horse, but you just you just can't those kind of cattle you can't do them afoot. Can't yeah. work with them afoot. My thoughts on that is that's the best part of of ranching is working cattle on a horse. Yeah, part. I mean that I love that. It teaches yeah. your horse something. Yeah. If you just get off of them and do it afoot, your horse ain't gonna ain't gonna be a very good horse. And it's so fun. Just a. <laughs> a trail horse can drive them in, but a, a good horse can cut cattle <coughs> and work a gate and do all that stuff. A horse a horse is your feet. That is a, a great feeling to be on a horse and you can feel him. He's doing it. Yeah. 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 He's, he's working cattle. Kind of like a difference in uh, uh, dogs. A lot of dogs don't pay much attention to, to uh, cattle or or any animals they're just just dogs but those those cow dogs it's it's in their mind they they uh it's in their breeding and and to work cattle you've you've seen them, a lot of them are yeah. pretty good same same way with horses yeah have you guys that concludes my interview with steve layton if you like what you're listening to please leave us a rating and a review on whatever podcast platform you're listening on and like always, to put a face behind the name with those that we are interviewing, you can head over to our Instagram page. It's at cowboystories underscore podcast. And lastly, if you would like to support this podcast, there's a link at the end of our show notes. Click that link and it'll give you several options to choose from in order to support this podcast. Thanks for listening and we'll see you next time.